Hello there, and welcome to Spoonful of Medicine. This is a teaspoon mini-sode, so get ready for a dose of some short, sharp, and concentrated paediatric education. On this week's mini-sode, we're going to look at Meckel's diverticulum. What is it? How does it present? How do we diagnose it? And how do we manage it? So buckle in for this Meckel's revision session. A Meckel's diverticulum is a remnant of a portion of the embryonic omphalomesenteric or vitellin duct located on the anti-mesenteric border of the ileum. So, a Meckel's diverticulum results from incomplete obliteration of this vitellin duct, leading to the formation of a true diverticulum in the small intestine. In about 50-60% to 60% of cases, this diverticulum has ectopic gastric mucosa, and this is important to know for clinical presentation as well as diagnosis. Sometimes, this diverticulum can also contain pancreatic tissue. Epidemiologically, this is the most common congenital anomaly of the gastrointestinal tract, and often the epidemiology can be remembered by the rule of twos. 2% of the population have a Meckel's diverticulum. The male to female ratio is 2 to 1. They often occur 2 feet from the ileocecal valve. They are often 2 inches in length. 2% of Meckel's diverticulums develop complications, and 50% of these are before 2 years of age. And finally, there are two types of ectopic mucosa, gastric or pancreatic. When we look at the clinical presentation of Meckel's diverticulum, it can be quite variable. Children can present with asymptomatic Meckel's diverticulum, in which case often it's an incidental finding. However, they can also present very unwell. Children may present with acute inflammation of the Meckel's diverticulum, or diverticulitis of this diverticulum, with or without perforation. This can be caused by obstruction due to a fecalith or foreign body, peptic ulceration of the ileal mucosa itself due to the ectopic gastric mucosa, or a diverticular torsion. Children with inflammation of the diverticulum can have abdominal pain or discomfort that can be mild to severe. The pain is often in the right lower quadrant, and it can be tender, and so it mimics acute appendicitis. Children can also have associated fever, nausea, and vomiting. If this inflammation progresses to ulceration and then perforation, the child and their abdominal pain is much, much worse. They will have significant abdominal pain that is localised or generalised if perforation has occurred. The abdomen may be distended, and again, they may have fever, nausea, and vomiting. Another way children can present is with an intestinal obstruction. And this is a differential for an intestinal obstruction in a child that has a scarless abdomen, i.e. they have never had abdominal surgery before. In these cases, obstruction may occur from a few different mechanisms. One may be intersusception. They may also have mesodiverticular bands that can cause obstruction of the bowel. There may be strictures, 
enteroliths, or even tumours that cause obstruction of the bowel. These kids present with cramping abdominal pain and obstipation, depending on the etiology of the obstruction, location and degree of obstruction itself. They may have bloating, nausea and vomiting, diarrhoea or constipation. Another characteristic way a Meckel's diverticulum may present is with painless lower GI bleeding. This may be due to the heterotopic mucosa, gastric or pancreatic, that exists in the Meckel's diverticulum. It can also be through neoplasms that sit within the Meckel's diverticulum itself. In these kids, they may have dark red or maroon stools with blood or mucus. They can have melina and crampy abdominal pain. However, that is more often seen in older children and adults. This hemorrhage can be chronic and insidious, leading to anemia and iron deficiency. Finally, a very uncommon way Meckel's diverticulum can present is with the tumour, and these can be malignant or benign. Tumours themselves can have various manifestations, and this includes abdominal pain, perforation, bleeding, intersusception, or intestinal obstruction. When a diagnosis of Meckel's diverticulum is suspected, the diagnostic test of choice is a Meckel scan, or technetium patechnetate scan. In this scan, technetium patechnetate is taken up by the mucin-producing cells of the gastric mucosa and is then secreted into the lumen of the gut. The accumulation of these materials in the gastric mucosa makes this scintographic scan the study of choice for identifying the ectopic mucosa that exists within the Meckel diverticulum. The Meckel diverticulum scintography, when used correctly, is a very effective method for the detection of a Meckel diverticulum and has a sensitivity and specificity approaching 100. In patients with active bleeding, a tagged red blood cell scan can also be used to detect a Meckel's diverticulum. And finally, when we look at the management of Meckel's diverticulum, it depends on the presentation and severity. Asymptomatic Meckel's diverticulum is not resected because it is indeed asymptomatic. Management of problematic Merkel's diverticulum is surgical resection. If the base is narrow and there is no mass present in the diverticulum, a wedge resection of the diverticulum is done. However, if a mass or ectopic tissue is present or there is significant inflammation around the diverticulum, the involved bowel may need to be resected with an end-to-end ileostomy. And that's been this week's Teaspoon Minisode. Join us next time for some short, sharp paediatric information. Bye!